ah, ha, ha. It's just people are so, they're, they're just decided in their brains, I'm going to be excited about this, and I don't care. I mean, does that person who's just sitting there like, yes, does he care what people think about him? Not at all. You know, he's just sitting there just so content that his team scored a goal. That was soccer. Um, and then um, the World Cup is coming up. And that's when you can really tell the craziness. Like, I mean, I, I wish, I wish, I wish Ivory Coast was in it. Because I, I cause their fans, there's this guy who dresses up in all white, and he just stands there. <laughs> and he just watches the game like this. It's insane. But, and, and that's the because they just, they just know. They just know what they believe, and they are firmly belief in that. And so, you know, that's, you know, that's sports. This is, this is like, this is a man rising from the dead. And if we truly believe that, we're, uh, we're a little bit crazy too. You know, we, we should be doing, you know, the mom, like, <laughs> the dance, like, you know, we should be doing that dance. That should be us. That's, I mean, that literally should be us. Uh, no, put the phones down. It's not happening again. Oh, no. No! <laughs> that was for you. That was for you, live stream. That was for you. But we're crazy, guys. We're, we are literally insane. And there, there's no way around that. And you can tell, because even the disciples didn't believe it at all. And so in, uh, in Luke 24, um, and so this is, this is the resurrection story or whatnot. And so this is on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. When they were wondering, when they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And they directed them on what they should do. They were like, why are you looking for the living in the land of the dead? Like, you sh he's, you know, he is risen. And it was a celebration. So they, they ran back. Um, and then, so in, in, the next, in the next verse, in verse 9, it says, When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, mother, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. So even, even to people who told, were told the entire life of Jesus, like, I'm going to come back, you know, I'm gonna, they're, they're going to destroy this temple, and I'm going to rebuild it in three days. Three days is significant. You should pay attention to that number. They were like, no, but he died. We were very sad about that. He died. You can't, that, that, that's nonsense. Because it is nonsense. <laughs> you know, it's not because it sounds like nonsense. It's because it is nonsense. And it's crazy. And just a, just a side note here. I think it's really cool that this is probably the most important story in the Bible. This is, this is, this is I think, actually probably unarguably the most important story in the Bible. And who did, who did God entrust with the story of this? He entrusted women. Women found the tomb. You know, women were there, they were trying to convince them, like, no, you don't understand, the tomb was empty, they're not there. You know, it's like, easily, men could have gone back and rewritten that, saying, like, and we heard about something about the tomb, so we ran and investigated. 
No, but in every single account, they gave it to women. You know, and I just think, you know, a God, God is the God who, who appreciates women. And they, they definitely serve a vital role in, the, in this story, because, and it's the most important story in the entire Bible. I don't know where are the men at, but um, that is a question we're still asking today. They're at sports. They're at sports events, I think. Um, but like, this is insane. I mean, th- this is there's no way around it. I mean, we should be able to embrace this insanity. This is we will never be able to normalize this. If you describe this to someone who's trying to figure out why we believe what we believe, they're like, "Oh, you believe somebody rose from the dead." Okay, fine. <laughs> That's weird. You actually fully believe that. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I do believe that. I fully believe, I have no problem believing that. Because God is, if God is who he says he was, he should be able to do it. And so um, I think scripture continues to reflect this. That, um, and so in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, um, it says, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but, we, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer these, that they can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, and was raised again. See, I think as Christians, we've boiled it down to this one symbol, you know, the cross. You know, and and, and the cross is great. I mean, we we reflect on it every week for communion. You know, the cross is great. But the cross is kind of meaningless, if not for this part right here, you know, and was raised again. You know, it, 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 the cross is cool because he died for us, but if he didn't raise back to life, he was just another dude. You know, he, he's a, he was a martyr, he was a great teacher, he was a, you know, a, 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 I guess a revolutionary in the way that he, that he did his rabbi ministry or whatnot. But if he didn't rise back from the dead, none of this would make sense. I mean, uh, he, he wouldn't have validated everything that he said when he was alive. Um, and so this is kind of, you know, crazy to think about. If, we, if we're like, we believe in a guy that rose from the dead, stayed risen, literally ascended into heaven, that's, that's hard for my brain to get a wrap around. And so I have to just embrace the insanity. I can't explain it. I'm not going to find a new way to do this. And so we just got to embrace the insanity. We are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. We're insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. You know, we, we are like, a, you know, one, one, one screw short. You know, one fry short of a Happy Meal. You know, we're, we're it, it doesn't go all the way to the top. You know, the elevator, it just doesn't get, because this is not what happens in life. You can take an account and like everyone in the world you know, and, you know, Jesus raised some people back from the dead, but then they died again. You know, and so, like, there are people who have, you know, we believe that more people than just Jesus rose, but the difference is that Jesus did not go back to being dead. He just ascended into heaven, and that's, that's not explainable. 
We can't use logic to work around that. But, we, but what did 2 Corinthians say? Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. And so how, you know, what does this, what does this mean? Like, so it, it, is God just doing like cool party, like, oh, I'm going to do something insane. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to make you look dumb because you believe in really crazy stuff. Like, is he just a guy, a God of party tricks? Like, well, the water into wine is probably a party trick, but, you know, <laughs> he definitely wanted to have a party there. But, you know, he's not just a God of party tricks. There is a significance as to why he rose someone from the dead, why he rose his son from the dead. And I think, uh, and I think we can start to see that in Acts 17. And so it says, Therefore, since we are God's offspring, which is awesome, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when, we will, when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. So once again, you see people, you're talking about the resurrection of the dead. That's crazy. But you have people that are like, wait, but you actually believe that. Can you, can you explain more? Like they start to lean in a little bit like, wait, say it to us again. Because I know you're not crazy. You don't seem crazy. There's something, there's something there. There's something real. There's something tangible there. And so what, is the, what, what does the scripture say is the point of why Jesus rose again? Why did Jesus rise from the dead? Well, one, because he was without sin. But two, so that we can have proof that God is allowing us, is giving us the chance to continue to repent. It says that. It says uh, he has appointed, he, will, he has given proof of this by everyone. Oh, sorry, it's before that. He can, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So now that Jesus is risen from the dead, now that we have a guy that said who he was, that, that died for, the, uh, for our sins, and that, that was lived without sin, and now he rose from the dead, we have the model of how we're supposed to live. We have the example. We have the whole from birth to death, then the resurrection. We have the example of how we should live. That's why he gave Jesus to us. He, want, he didn't want us to have these rules in, in, the, in the Old Testament anymore. He wanted to have a living embodiment of what God is all about, of how he wants a relationship with us. And then there's, you know, and so we should be a little bit crazy. We should embrace that, like, yes, okay, I believe in something that's never happened and will never happen again, not even for me, but I will believe it because I want a relationship with God. I want to be able to follow him because he has the power to do all things, and I need his, and I need a relationship with him. And so, but there's something in here that's, uh, that's kind of scary. It says, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. Which, uh, that's, that, that brings back the Second Corinthians scripture. Since we know then what it is to fear God, <laughs> this is what we're fearing. The day that we will be brought forth and, and forced to give an account for our lives, 
and they're going to match it up against Jesus's life. And we're not, we're not going to match up well. It's not going to be close. Which is why we need to repent. <laughs> which is why we need to follow the example of Christ. Which is why we need to rely on his relationship, on his words, on his teachings, on his actions, so that we can actually have a shot. And so how, what needs to change? What, 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 what is the repentance, that, what is the change that needs to happen? Repentance literally means metanoia, change your mind. So what needs to change? Well, I think everything, but more specifically, I think we need to adopt a mindset. I think we need to, did you just, I just need you guys to drill this into your brain. I'm going to put it up in big words here on the screen. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not. It's not about you anymore. We used to live that way. We used to live a way like, oh, the life for ourselves. We, we, want, we want everything to, this is, it's all about me. You know, it's, 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 it, I'm going to do things for me. If I do things for other people, it's so that they can say, oh, wow, you're a really nice person. Oh, wow, you, you do things for other people. That's great. And they're like, yes, of course I do, because I'm a great person. And, and, but we need to remember, it is not about us anymore. Because we have the example of someone who did it better than us, and we did it perfectly, and so we need to embrace every area of his life so that we can become like him. And so Jesus also gave another reason of why he had, why he had to die and then be resurrected. And it's, and it's here in John 14. And I think uh, we've been on this, uh, this kind of mini-series on evangelism. And I think this is another key reason. We can't, we can't overlook this side. We, you know, we can always look, okay, it's not about me. I have to focus on that. But even that is like hypocritical because you're like, okay, I've got to focus on it. It's not about me. Okay, all about not me. Wait, no, that, you have to go out, focus. You have to look out. You have to worry about other people. And so in John 14, Starting in verse 1, Jesus says, and I love that he, he says this all the time, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. What is he saying here? He's saying, I have to go and prepare a room for you. I have to go and make sure we, we got a place to stay when we all die. So I'm going to go prepare that for you. And, what, and, and culturally, this has significance. So during the time, this is, this, is, this is without a doubt, he's talking about a period called the betrothal period in a marriage relationship. So when a guy would figure out who he wanted his wife to be, he would commit to that person and say, okay, I'm going to go make a, we're going to go make a house. I'm going to go make a house for you. So just wait for me, you know, about six months to a year, and I'm going to make the house, and then that's where we're going to live when we're married. And so, so Jesus is, is talking about here, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. So we're the bride, he's the groom. Um, and so if we have accepted Jesus, if we have, you know, if he is the Lord of our life, then we're already good. We're, we're you know, we're, we're married or whatnot. And so what about other people? And so because John talked, John the Baptist earlier in this book in John 3, he talked about how he was like a groomsman for Jesus. Because he was, he, was, uh, he was just talking about Jesus to everyone, like, hey, he's a great guy, you should listen to him. 
because that during the time that's what the purpose of the groomsmen were so the the once the husband had committed to a girl he wasn't going to be around her all the time because it was like no i need to work on building a house i need to focus on where we're going to live so he would send his best friends to kind of go talk to her you know and they would worry about you know during the time they worry about the dowry they would worry about you know like basically like giving him their li- his life story like here's 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 why he's great here's why he's awesome like here's wh- here's what you're going to get when you marry him here's wh- here's here's all the things that are going to be awesome about him and so that's now our role as as groomsmen you know and you know I don't know if you know well and, and we're, all, we're all groomsmen, but we're also all brides. This is where kind of metaphors kind of break up a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a groomsman. I was actually a best man in a wedding, me and my brother. Uh, so that's my brother on the left. And uh, he got married this June. And, and it was just so meaningful because our relationship was so close. Like, he helped me uh, become a disciple. He helped me, like, he taught me the Bible. He was there for me when I was, you know, trying to make decisions to follow God or not. And so I look up to him endlessly. He, uh, he actually gave me this notebook he has a, on when he got married, and it's got a really nice note at the beginning. Um, I, I like to keep it around. Um, and so we have this intense relationship. And luckily, I didn't have to convince the girl he was marrying that sh- he was a good dude. She already knew that. <laughs> but think about this, guys. Think about this, because evangelism is tough. We, we have a hard time with evangelism sometimes, going out there, and talking to people. But I want you to think about it this way. Okay, so we're Jesus' best men, or best man, groomsmen. We're his groomsmen. We're supposed to, we have the job of convincing people that they should marry Jesus, right? right? Yeah. And so, Je- so imagine Jesus, he's like, I got this girl, man. You got to go talk to her for me. Like, I'm really nervous. You got to convince her that I'm great. Like, so go talk to her, okay? Please go talk to her. And he sends you out, and you go up, and you're about to talk to this girl, and you're just like, uh, I don't know. And you go back to Jesus, and he's like, what did she say? Did she, did she, is, she, is she into me? Like, does she like me? Like, what did, like, what did you tell him? Did, oh, did you tell him that story? You told her that story, didn't you? No, I see it, in you to- and, I, and you're just sitting there like, yeah, Jesus. Um, you know, I, I was pretty scared to talk to her. I, I was kind of intimidated. I didn't know what to say, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm just kind of scared. And Jesus is like, What? It's not, it's not about you. Like, I'm the one that wants to marry her. Why, do, why should you care what she thinks? Like, come on, man. Like, you're not even telling her anything about you. You're telling her about me. Like, why are you scared? Like, I love this person. Like, please talk to her again. Go back and talk to her. Please go back and talk to her. So you're like, okay. All right, I got to go talk to her again. Okay. And you see her, and she's got her headphones in, and you're just like, oh, I don't really want to bother her. Uh okay, well, I'll go back to Jesus. Maybe he'll pump me up again. And you go back, and he's like, so what did she say? Come on, please tell me you talked to her. Please tell me you talked to her. I didn't. You know, I was thinking, what if she, like, asked me a question, and I, like, didn't know the answer to it? Like, what, like, what, 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 what would I have said? I mean, I would have looked like an idiot. Like, I would have looked like I don't know you. You know, like, uh, I would have been so embarrassed, you know, to not know the answer to that question. Jesus is like, come on, dude, like, oh, do I have to do this myself? Like, I already kind of did, but, you know, <laughs> please go talk to her. Like, all I'm asking for you is to just tell, like, you know, we're best friends. Like, we're, we're best friends. Like, just tell her that. Like, tell her why you mean so much, why I mean so much to you. Tell her, like, 
What, what is our favorite memory? Tell her about that. Tell her why it meant so much. Tell, you know, what is, our, what is the thing that we have? What is our connection? We have a connection. Tell her, tell her that. Convince her. Like, because I need her. I want her so bad. And, and, and who are we to get in the way? Like, who, what gives us the right to say, no, that person, yeah, they're probably not going to, probably not going to end out well, so I'm just not even going to start that. You know, who, who are we? Jesus' intense is intense. He wants that relationship so bad. And all we're doing is supposed to convince them with the stuff we already know. He rose, he died for our sins. He rose from the dead. You know, he, He's given us this book to, 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 on how we should be able to repent and change our lives. Like, who are we to just say, I don't know, that seems like it would be a tough, I don't think we'd get along. I don't, you know, I don't think, I, w- I want to, when I, when, I, when I build a relationship, I want to make sure that I get a friend out of it. I don't want to invest all that time and all that effort just for it to fall away. You know, I'm going to need a guarantee that this person is going to follow through. Like, What? That's not what a best man says for his for his for his uh, for his best friend. Like that's not he's not trying to steal his girl. Like what is that about? Like what? Well, you know why? Why do we have that mindset? Why are we so worried about what people think? Why are we so worried about? Oh man, I wonder what they're gonna say. You know, we're we're nuts, guys. We're crazy. We believe in a guy that rose from the dead. We shouldn't be afraid of just uh, the opinion of someone, you know, because we should just be like, no, you need to know about this. And if you don't want to know, oh, well, but I'm going to tell you anyway, (laughs) because I know someone rose from the dead and he stayed alive and he rose into heaven. Like, I know that for for fact. I might be insane, but I I believe I'm going to a good place when I die. You know, I'm I'm worried about you. And I just think, guys, when we when we when we realize, okay, it's not about me. It's, it's not about, it's, it's, because what if, I don't know, what if the person that reached out to you was too scared? You know, what if the person that, 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 uh, you know, what if the person that was, was willing to sit there and, and talk with you through the tough things was, was just a little bit too intimidated or didn't know what to say? You know, what would happen then? And I just think we can't, we can't waste our time with that. We have to learn, I mean, guys, I am terrified of talking to people, too. I, I, but, it's, but it's not about me. That's what I keep having to say. That's why I put those up there in big, big words for you guys, so that it would burn into your brains. It's not about you. There we go. <laughs> Man, that's, she's, she's great at doing those slides for me. Um, I appreciate that so much. And so, and so okay, that was just for, you know, that's just for evangelism, though. Like, g- we have to have that mindset, because if, we're, if it's not about you, and it's about everyone else, then our mindset should be on, how can I help people the most? But, what is it about this uh, Jesus rising from the dead? What, I mean, because we have to go back to our own hearts to be able to help other people. And so, um, in 2 Corinthians, this is, this, is, this is my favorite scripture, and I think it perfectly applies to this. And starting in verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. 
But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. Next slide. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to the death for, to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. You know, this idea that we're, we're, we, we, we bring it all back to the cross, the cross, the cross. I mean, we have to, we have to focus on the cross, the cross, the cross. Like, you know, we, 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 we almost become obsessed with it, you know, and I think an empty tomb just doesn't really look good on a necklace. It, it's kind of just like, you know, like a stone rolled away from a cave. It just doesn't really represent well in a necklace. But we're so focused on the cross sometimes that we forget, like, the cross, it, the power of the cross is sacrifice. Like, that was the power of the cross, that Jesus would be willing to die for us. But the power of Easter, the power of the resurrection, is repentance. It gives us a shot. We don't have to, because if, you know, Old Testament or whatnot, there would be no motivation to change. Because you would just have to uh, not avoid the penalties that were death penalties. You just had to avoid those. But as long as you sacrifice something, as long as a priest interceded for you, you were good. There you could, you know, you, yes, you didn't want to do things that were wrong because there were penalties, but it's like, and so when we just focus on the cross, we focus on the shame, we focus on the guilt. Oh, I put, I put Jesus on the cross, which is important, which is, which is a, a realization we all need to have. But if it just stops there, we're shortchanging the whole point of why Jesus had to die in the first place. He died so that he would be resurrected. He didn't die just to make you feel guilty, make you feel that shame, like, look, I died for you. You should be, he didn't do it for his own, you know, benefit. He didn't like, oh, I'm going to be able to have, lord that over your head for the rest of your life, that I died for you. No, he did it so that we could actually have a chance to repent. 2 Corinthians 5, he did it so that we would have the model of repentance. And so we have no real excuse here. We have, you know, like those excuses that, we, uh, that I said when we were sharing, our, when we were out there evangelizing to people, we can use those excuses for our own lives. Oh, I don't really, you know, I'm not really the person to ask for this. I can't really serve in that way. You know, I'm, n- I'm not good enough. I, I don't, really, um, don't really have what it takes to do what God is asking me to do. It's like, yes, you do. You have Jesus. Everybody has Jesus. That's, that's the level playing field that we have. We can, we can trick ourselves into thinking it's about talent. It's about certain abilities that, you know, it's like, but at the end of the day, God gave them those talents. They didn't do it on their own. And so when we think about, okay, okay, how do I, how do I uh, evenly, I guess, think about, balance this out of just how much I want to focus on the cross, which is sacrifice, but if, the sacri- if we focus on the cross and sacrifice and don't have the follow-up of repentance and the resurrection and, and focusing on that, Jesus rose from the dead so that we can live. We, you know, he gave us the model, not just for our lives, but for our salvation. We die to ourselves. We go underneath, we go into the grave, you know, the waters of baptism. We rise out as a new creation, a new life. God did that for us. 
He gave us that model. He showed it. He gave us the example so that we can have that. Ab- we can we can be given that ability. And so, I think I think sometimes we we uh, as Christianity we've 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 kind of zero focused in on the cross, which is important. But man, this day is so important too. This day is more important. This is the celebration. We should be happy. We should go out, be dancing in the streets. Um, we should be, you know, like, I'm not going to do it again, but we should, <laughs> you know, we should be out there going nuts. Because if people think we're crazy, it's the people that are like, why is this person crazy? You know, the people that lean in like, what is a, what about this person is different? Because if we're trying to normalize it, like, no, what I believe is normal. Everyone, you know, no, it, it's, it's normal. I'm not crazy then we're like that person in sports that's just sitting there like, I'm not into this. This isn't, this isn't important. No, no, I don't, I don't think this is, I'm not excited about it. And then something big happens and they're like, yes! Oh, not ex- I'm too excited. I'm sorry. I got too excited. I'm, I, it's like, it's like, what do you want? Like, step in or step out. Like, don't, don't give me this, don't give me this, uh, this, this weeble wobble, like, just like, you know, don't do that. Because, God wants everything. God wants our whole hearts, and we need to be excited about this. This is something to be celebrated. This is something to be shouted out at people, not, you know, grain of salt. But you, you should be shouted out at people. This should be something that people will look at us and be like, your life changed because of that. That's powerful. This should be, this should be craziness, not just for the sake of craziness. This would be craziness because how can we live differently knowing this? Like, how can, how can we live the same lives knowing that? And so the power of the resurrection is the power of repentance. God is giving us a chance to change, and we should take full advantage of that, and we should just worship God knowing that he conquered death. Thank you.